Two balls and two strikes on him. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. How we doing, guys? Welcome to episode seven of Touch Em All, a baseball analytics podcast. This is the official podcast of TouchEmAllAnalytics.com. My name is Caleb. I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Touch Em All Analytics. I am recording this Saturday. Uh, as of now, there hasn't been any major news in the free agency fronts lately. I'm pretty excited for what we're going to go over today. I'm recording this during the AFC divisional round of the playoffs. I know this is a uh, baseball podcast, but it's football season, so I'm trying to stay well-versed in my sports. I'll try not to uh, get too distracted or make too many comments about the game going on in the background here. So yeah, like I said, really excited about the topics today. We're going to go over some free agency comparisons first. Uh, So I'm going to talk Harper versus Machado and my predictions for them, where they're going to go. Then talk about uh, DJ LeMahieu versus Daniel Murphy and how I like those deals, which team I think won those deals. And then finally, we're going to go over WOBA and expected WOBA, which is weighted on base average and expected weighted on base. And then we'll get you out of here. So it should be a good podcast. Let's get started. So to start off, like I said, we're going to go over... Bryce Harper versus Manny Machado, the two front runners left in free agency, the two best pieces overall in free agency this year. Neither have signed a contract to this point. So first off, I'd like to look at their batting. So we're just going to do a kind of simple comparison. So starting off, Harper had a WRC plus this year of 135 projected next year by Steamer to have a WRC plus of 148. Uh, He had a a 3.5 war projected for a 5 next year. That was with the Nationals. Uh, Machado was with two teams last year, both the Orioles and the Dodgers, making it all the way to the World Series. He had a WRC Plus of 141 with a projected next year of 135. Had a war last year of 6.2, projected war by Steamer for this coming year's 5.2. So if you notice, in both categories there, Machado had the better year last year, but Harper is predicted to bounce back and have the better year next year. I believe personally that Harper is going to be more valuable on the free agent market because of his marketability and some other things. Personally, I do believe that Machado is is the better player slightly. They're both incredible, but I believe Machado is the better player. Defensively is where I think really the, the big difference is the undoubtable differences between these two players. Neither player were positive contributors defensively per UZR last year. Bryce Harper had a UZR of negative 16, where Machado only had a UZR of negative 6. One other thing to note is that was in short at shortstop with Machado, so if a team decides to move him back to third, uh, his last full year at third base, he had a positive UZR of 15, which is close to all-star caliber, if not all-star caliber, just defensively alone. And that's forgetting how much output he provides offensively. Harper 
came into the league as a positive defender. His first year, he was, you know, gold glove caliber defender, and it's been downhill. He cut his value in about half in his second year, and it's just been a decline even more since then. Uh, This is by far his worst year. I don't know if it's coaching, if it was trying to stay healthy because he's coming up on this big deal, but I don't believe it's going to get better at this point. So overall, I think Machado's going to be the better sign. I think he's more valuable. Also, Harper at some point is going to need to learn to play first base. He's just too big if he's going to continue to be valuable. Where Machado could probably stay at third long term. Maybe even play shortstop for a few years and then go to third if the team he signs with needs him to do that. So lastly on these two, I am going to make my predictions just real quickly. Uh, I predict as of right now, because of the way a lot of moves have played out, especially with the Yankees and a couple other teams that have kind of pushed their way out of the running for the most part, I would say most likelihood is Harper is going to return to Washington and Machado is going to head to Philly. I think they're both probably in line for 7-10 to year deals, though I would say I think Machado is more likely to take a longer deal, where Harper I could see trying to sign a 5-6, or 7-year at most deal and then try to get more money again, if that makes sense. So secondly, I want to talk about Daniel Murphy versus DJ LeMayhew. This is a story that I'm surprised didn't get more airtime. I thought it was extremely intriguing. For those of you who don't know, DJ LeMayhew came from the Rockies, and Daniel Murphy has been in in the Nationals organization for the last few years before being traded last year. The reason I think this was so interesting was DJ LeMayhew was a fan favorite in Colorado, and a lot of people thought he may not be back because he was going to command a lot of money, and they just didn't think that the Rockies would have the budget to sign him and still be confident they were going to have the budget to lock down Arenado long-term within the next couple of years. So it wasn't a surprise when Daniel Murphy was signed to the Rockies instead of him for two years, $24 million. However, a few days later, LeMahieu signed with the Yankees for almost the same exact reported contract of right around $24 million for two years. So salaries weren't an issue. It's not clear what was. We're not going to be able to guarantee what was. Whether the Rockies feel Murphy is that much better or whether LeMahieu just didn't want to be there anymore or if LeMahieu thought he had a better offer and then it just didn't work out. Regardless, they've replaced their fan favorite second baseman with another second baseman at the same exact dollar amount that their old one signed for. So... It definitely brings up the question, who's winning this deal? If Did the Yankees get a better value or did the Rockies get a better value, paying the same amount for the same position? So we're going to go ahead like we did for Harper Machado, and I'm going to compare them both offensively and defensively. So starting with Murphy offensively. Murphy had a very solid year hitting 307, 360, 506 by the classic slash line. He hit 12 home runs. Last year and is projected to hit 22 next year. With a projected batting average being about the same in the low 300s. He had a WRC plus last year of 110. So 10% above average. And is expected to bring that up another 6% next year by Steamer. Now for LeMahieu. LeMahieu had a batting average last year of 276. 
projected to go up 20 points to about 269 or so next year. He had a WRC plus of 86, so about 15, 14% below average. That is projected to go up to 97, which would be essentially average, 3% below average next year. He also hit 15 home runs. However, like I said again, that was in Colorado high altitude. That's projected to drop to 11. So overall, Murphy wins offensively. He is projected to have the better average, better weighted runs created, more home runs. However, because of the defensive issues, Murphy is still projected to be worth about one less run. Murphy is 33, where LeMahieu's only 30, so he's three years older. You're getting him his age 34-35 season. So looking at their advanced defensive statistics, starting with Murphy, he had a UZR last year per 150 of negative 11. At second, negative 20 in left, where he played very little, and negative 14 at first. So he is kind of seen as he may need to become a first baseman down the line. Like I said, he's getting older, older than LeMahieu. But it doesn't look much better at first either. All around, pretty below average defender. Now looking at LeMahieu, again, we're going to look at his UZR per 150. At second base, he is all-star level. 12.5 UZR per 150. That's very solid second baseman. Hasn't been great in his very little time at any of the other infield positions. But he can play them. Probably not going to play short, but can definitely play some third and first in a backup role. So overall, I believe the Yankees got a far better deal here. You're getting a guy that is three years younger, that is marketable. It's been exciting to watch. He's a good defender, can hit. Yes, he's played at altitude, but I still think he's an effective hitter when he moves into New York, especially with the short ports, the small field, still going to be able to take advantage of some of those park factors in different ways. And he's versatile. So even when they get a guy like Didi Gregorius back, hopefully about halfway through the year, and Glaber moves to second, they can spot Luke Voigt if that ends up being their first baseman. They can spot Glaby Torres at second. They can spot Andahar at third. Heck, they could probably even move LeMahieu to third a more realistic amount of the time if they want Giancarlo in left and let Andahar, who's one of, if not the worst defensive third baseman in the league, hit DH. LeMahieu may not be a great third baseman. I'm confident with some reps there frequently. He could be much better than Andujar, though. So overall, like I said, I'm, I'm favorable on both deals. They're short-term for all-star caliber players, but I think the Yankees got the better hand. It really does boggle my mind why the Rockies wouldn't go out and sign a fan favorite who's at least just as productive, if not more, for the same amount, if that were the case. Like I said, we don't know what's going on in that clubhouse. Maybe he didn't want to be there anymore. Maybe he wanted a change. But if we're just looking dollar for dollar, it's incredible they didn't sign him. Alright, so moving on to the last thing I want to touch on today. We're going to talk about WOBA and XWOBA. So if you've never heard about that before, they stand WOBA stands for Weighted On Base Average. XWOBA is essentially just expected Weighted On Base Average. So WOBA is a lot like a lot of things we've talked about 
kind of the same idea as OPS Plus. It's just calculated slightly differently. And it's kind of, according to Fangraphs, it's based on a very simple concept. So they say that not all hits are created equal, which is extremely accurate, right? Batting average, like I've said a hundred times on this show, batting average assumes every hit is equal. They're not. So WOBA tries to take into account the percentages that everything happens at. Essentially, each year it takes how hard certain outcomes, positive, defensive, excuse me, positive, offensive outcomes happen. And it sees how much this player is doing it compared to that to see really what he's contributing and weight it correctly to how effective they are year to year. So it's something, the formula changes every year based on percentages. My favorite of the two is expected weighted on base. So this is done a little bit differently. And this, this uses StatCast to predict how good this player is in a vacuum. That is the dream to me, right? You can't go predicting players or if you're in the front office role, you can't go trying to sign a player based on just what's happened in the past because you don't know how much of that is his in control. If this guy's hit seven or eight, great line drives that have got robbed for him because he plays in the AL East and he has to see Kiermaier and Jackie Bradley, whatever, like 40 times a year. And he's hitting, you know, should be wall ball doubles that those guys are robbing. That's not his fault, right? He's just as good as a hitter who's hitting those same balls and getting robbed if it's the same thing, theoretically. So essentially, they take stat cast metrics like exit velocity, like launch angle, and they put them into practice to come out with an expected weighted on base. So I'm going to go over some of the top guys real quick with you. I think it's pretty telling. You can tell a lot about a ranking based on who's at the top. So if you look at last year, you'd expect great players at the top of this list. And then if there's other guys mixed in, you're thinking, huh, they had a sneaky good year, right? So... It's very telling that the two MVPs, Christian Yelich and Mookie Betts, are in, both in the top five here. Mookie came in at number one at 431, where Yelich came in at four at 410, expected weighted on base. It's also telling that the team that won the World Series has five guys, excuse me, three guys in the top five. Mookie, like I said, at one. JD came in at three with a 417. And Steve Pierce, the shocker, World Series MVP, had an expected WOBA of 410. That is a minimum plate appearances of 250 for the 2018 season. Any position. The only guy we're leaving out of the top five that we haven't talked about yet at number two, overall talent, best player in the universe, Mike Trout. Okay, If you're getting a top four that has J.D. Martinez, the hitting savant, the two MVPs, and the overall talent best player in the world are your top four. I think it's a pretty good number, okay? I think they're doing a great job. So I'm going to go down through the rest of the top ten just real quick with you guys. At number six, Joey Votto. Great eye. It still rewards that, obviously. He has 393. At seven, Nelson Cruz breakout season at a 392. Number eight, Max Muncie. Guy who helped carry the Dodgers to... The World Series is a 391. Number nine, one of my favorite players in all the MLB, Aaron Judge, at another 391. And number 10, the first baseman, Freddie Freeman, at a 389. So all good. If you want to talk about a couple of the guys we just compared, Harper came into this list at 13. 
with a 386, where Machado actually, he came out with an expected weighted on base of 372. So that's a great thing to look at. You can go check those out uh, at BaseballSavant.com. That's where I got my expected rankings. Uh, Wobo rankings, you can just go to Standard Fangrass. Um, like I've said many times, if you're interested in this field, if you're interested in baseball analytics, besides obviously reading my blog, listening to my podcast, I'd check out the glossary on Fangrass and just try to get acquainted with Fangrass as much as possible. They're a lifesaver. I, I look at it every day. Um, no lie, I'm looking at some sort of rankings on there every day. So I would definitely advise other people to do the same if they're trying to learn more. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up. Just end with some housekeeping like I always do. Uh, If you like this podcast, please make sure you tell a friend, leave a review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Also, please follow us. So to go over all the outlets, they'll be in the bio of the podcast as well. So our website is touchemallanalytics.com. That's www.touchemallanalytics.com. You can... Follow us on, or like us on Facebook at Touch em All Analytics, spelled the same way. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm a great follow, trust me, at C underscore J underscore Whittemore. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me and ask them. I would love to answer them. I promise I will respond to everybody. I'd also like to get some good questions to come on the podcast as well. So, the ways you can do that, you can email me at touchemallanalytics, spelled the same way as the website, at gmail.com. You can do that through social media. Go ahead and you know DM me on Twitter, whatever. You can also go on the website and the homepage. If you scroll down, there's a contact us but section where you can put in some contact information in your questions, comments, whatever. If you like this, you enjoy reading, like I hinted on earlier, please make sure you check out, go on the website, check out the blog. I just put on the article related to last week's episode where we talked about some baseball economics. So the full ranking for all the front offices is on there along with a written breakdown of my explanation and the calculations. So please make sure you check those things out. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm hoping to record again in the next couple of weeks. I move to Pennsylvania here coming up very shortly so it's possible it may take a little bit longer to record next time but i promise i'll get another one out there thank you guys again so much and i'll talk to you next time a swing and a belt left field way back touch them all joe you'll never hit a bigger home run in your